I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hello and welcome to One Up. I'm your host, as usual, Guy Drinkle, and joining me is my partner in crime, Carl. How are you doing, Carl? Not too bad, Guy. How about yourself? I'm good, man. I'm good. I mean, it has it has been a while, and obviously we've had Christmas, New Year's, and even the January sales. And a little birdie tells me you you used one's January sales to buy yourself something nice and shiny. I did indeed, and I'm not going to lie, I didn't even get a particularly good deal, but I just I just couldn't wait any longer, so I picked myself up a, a little thing called a Nintendo Switch. Oh, lovely stuff, lovely stuff. I mean, now that we've both got one, I'm not going to say we're going to start reviewing all the Nintendo games and stuff like that, but I mean, what what what's your initial, or not even initial, what's your reaction, I mean, what's your first impressions of the Nintendo Switch? Yeah, I mean, I've gotten to play it a few times. Um, I'm really enjoying it. Like, I have Smash and Mario Kart and a few other games, but I've largely just played those two games so far. Is that something, obviously, I can play with mates? Um, I mean, the first day I set it up, I had a mate around, and we were playing a bit of split screen on the, the TV, playing both those games. And, I mean, it was fun that it kind of, Mind you, the old days of of kind of couch co-op and couch multiplayer, which you you just don't really see anymore. Um, and then since then, my mate actually went and got one himself. So uh, we've been played a bit of Smash Online. The online's a bit weird though, with the whole chat thing being done through a phone. Because I'm an iPhone user, so we don't. I don't even have a headphone jack in my iPhone, so I haven't oh, figured that out yet. But um, I mean that aside, it's 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 pretty it's pretty damn good so far. I mean I even had a lot of fun the first day. I I used it just playing the the little Nintendo games like just playing Nintendo soccer. So yeah, no, I I think it's it's good. I'm I'm happy with the with the purchase. I mean you're you're a bit further on than me. I mean you're you're a bit of a grizzled Switch owner <laughs> at this point. I mean what what have you 
Oh, what well, are your kind of impressions by this point? Oh, I'm almost a Nintendo veteran by now with my with my three months, no, two two months now. Um, oh, I, I mean, I, I really enjoy it. I mean, I've not really used it as a a, a stationary TV console. That's the thing. I, I've I've I use it as the handheld, and that's the main that's the main use I get out of it. And similarly to yourself, I haven't really gone for the proper big boy serious games i i've got um um zelda breath of the wild i haven't un, uh, haven't unpacked and give that a go yet i will do eventually and another jrpg which is escaping me right now what is the bloody name of that game um octopath traveler that's the one i haven't, un- I haven't oh give- it's supposed to be brilliant yeah, yeah yeah i haven't give that a go yet but i think i'll probably try that before zelda because it looks a bit more um, something it looks a bit more my cup of tea and Zelda. It, apparently, it'll just take over your life. So I'll give I'll give a good spell of that. <laughs> well, one time I'll I'll attack that game. But yeah, I mean, for my first personal Nintendo console, I mean, I'm really liking it. And the fact that it's um, um, as you say, it's kind of bringing back couch co-op. I, I've not really used it, but. My mates tend to come round on the mid on midweek football games. Obviously, not tonight. This way we're recording on the Thursday, and I'm watching Chelsea Tottenham in the background. So if you hear any <laughs> little odd celebrations or ooh moments, that's what that is. Um, but yeah, I mean the co- the couch co-op is a great point. I mean, one time I was watching. Um, well, I can't remember what game I was watching, but my mates were playing um, some crappy tennis game that I uh, that I ended up getting for Christmas. It was like twenty quid. Uh, and it was just it just so fun. I mean, even they had it on the TV during half time, and then even just took it on the little screen while whilst uh, I was watching the game. It must have been the Liverpool game if that was the case. But um, yeah, it, it's just, I think the versatility of it is just so great. And even though I've not I've not played it in a couple of weeks, and I'll get to why I haven't played it in a couple of weeks when we get to what we've been playing. Um, but it's it's so easy to pick it back up and get back used to it. I, I really I really like it. And um, yeah, I'll report back with Octopath Traveler and and Zelda one of the, one of these pods. Yeah, no, I, I mean I, I'm I'm with you there. I've, I've, like I thought I'd largely use it like putting it on the TV, um, because I I've never like I I have a Vita and I have a PSP and a 3DS, but like I, I I've played a few games on them, but I I could count the the games I've completed on each of them on one hand. And even then with the Vita, I largely just put them, I have a Vita PlayStation TV, which is kind of just like a Vita that you plug in your TV. So I just largely play the games on my TV. But surprisingly with the Switch the other night when I was playing Smash with my mates, I was just lying on my bed with the Switch in handheld mode, just playing Smash Bros the whole night. And was comfortable and it was handy like the screen is great like it's 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 the biggest handheld screen i've came across so far just perfect like it doesn't the small size doesn't bother me at all like so it's just really really handy i'm really enjoying the 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 handheld mode and i'd say when i start playing single player games like uh, i haven't picked up octopath yet but i do have uh the world ends with you which is the rpg i picked up for it um, I'd say it'll be really great for that kind of thing, like just just having it in handheld mode. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, and the best thing is we can start covering games on this show properly rather than just going. We've heard it's good, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I mean, have you been on Pokemon yet? That's what bought. That's what made me get it. Have you been on that? 
No, not yet. Actually, it's in the shrink wrap. That's what I got bundled at mine. Actually, I will start it soon. Though I've yeah. heard it's a really good chill game. Actually, so it makes sense as well for just sitting down in the handheld mode, just just trying to catch my. So I'm devastated. I got Pokemon Eevee version without realizing that Growlithe, who's my favorite Pokemon of all time, is exclusive to Pikachu. So you get a, you get a, bellsp- you get a fucking bell sprout though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll bind with my way to victory. Yeah. Actually, instead of growl, if you get the fire horse, if I remember, no, no, I think I'm chatting shit there. But uh, you get something instead of growl. If oh, I know, Be- I know, Bell Sprouts that you one of the EV exclusive. It's a very weird game. We need someone to trade with. Um, who's got uh, Pikachu? Uh, and I think all our, all three of us in the WhatsApp group actually have EV, which is weird. Um, but yeah, I mean. We haven't done one of these since before Christmas. It might have been the week before Christmas. So there has been some big news stories in the time, Carl. I mean, probably two biggest ones, and then a little a little one that's kind of what we covered every every podcast for a while. Um, but, I mean, shall we get into the news and start with uh, EA being EA? Yeah, let's. Uh, yeah, so first up... EA cancels open world Star Wars game and this comes from Jason Schreier over at Kotaku and Jason writes Electronic Arts has cancelled its open world Star Wars game according to three people familiar with goings on at the company the game announced alongside the shutdown of Visceral Games back in 2017 had been in development at the EA's office in Vancouver EA Vancouver a large studio that mostly handles support for a variety of the publisher's games including FIFA and Battlefront had been working on this open world Star Wars game since October 2017 when EA closed Visceral Games until then Visceral best known for its popular Dead Space Horror series, was developing its own Star Wars game. That project, codenamed Ragtag, was a linear action-adventure game directed by Uncharted director Amy Hennig. EA Vancouver had been assisting on the project, and when EA closed Visceral Games on October 17, 2017, the Vancouver studio took it over. But it wouldn't be accurate to say that EA Vancouver's Star Wars was the same game as Ragtag. When EA Vancouver took over, it rebooted this Star Wars product entirely, keeping some of the art assets but transforming it into an open world game. Now that project is cancelled too, EA did not immediately respond to a request for comment. EA had not shown any of EA Vancouver's open world Star Wars game publicly, but the publisher talked about it when it announced Visceral's demise. Quote, it has become clear that to deliver an experience that players want sorry to deliver an experience that players will want to come back to and enjoy for a long time to come we needed to pivot the design end quote the studio said at the time quote a development team from across ea worldwide studios will take over development of this game led by a team from ea vancouver that has already been working on the project end quote and a note there was an update afterwards to that story ea sent a this a statement to kotaku quote There's been speculation overnight about one of our Star Wars projects. As a natural part of the creative process, the great work by our team in Vancouver continues and will evolve into future Star Wars content and games. We're fully committed to making more Star Wars games. We're very excited about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order from Respawn and we'll share more about new products when the time is right. End quote. 
And I think it's come out since that uh, Vancouver are now working on a smaller Star Wars project. And there's some hopes within the team that they'll they'll get to revive uh, this open world game somewhere down the line. Um, but, well, let's be honest, EA probably won't allow them to do that. So, um, yeah, so another Star Wars game bites the dust at EA. What do you reckon, Guy? Oh, it's just a fucking joke, isn't it, at this stage? Um, we've had so many false hope stories with the Star Wars game. I mean, I was talking in the WhatsApp group, and before EA got the license, you'd think, okay, if EA don't EA, you could see this being perfect. They've obviously got loads of studios. i got uh, Respawn, Visceral back then, um, BioWare's the, the, big, the big lad. Um, Dice, you'd expect to make a very good Battlefront. Um, no, not yet. <laughs> and um, it, it this license agreement has just been an utter fucking failure. Um, it it really has. Um, and obviously the the, the much um, hyped back in the day Star Wars thirteen thirteen. I can't remember what the visceral one was going to be called. It will come to me uh, probably like in two ta- two shows time. But there's so many promises that have been broken by you and just you just we're probably going to get another battlefront before we get an actual another game this fucking fall this fallen order is probably going to not <laughs> it probably won't see the light of day um or it'll end up being shit and um it's just such a way i mean star wars star wars we, we've been starved of, of a good star wars game since force unleashed um if that might be, might be forgetting some of or Force Unleashed too, but this license it's just it's just kind of highlighted what a shit company he is, and I'm it's a bit hypocritical for me because I get FIFA every well I don't I game share but I get FIFA every year. I'll pick up if they released Mass Effect and it was just an empty box. I'd probably pick that up. Dragon Age I'll pick I'll pick up most things EA, but they're just really they're just really pissing everyone off and I think obviously Star Wars is one of the most beloved things in entertainment and the fact they've they fucked this up so bad it's just it I think it's beyond boiling point now, isn't it really? And if Fallen Order's really shit I fear for Respawn because they made one of my favourite recent games in Titanfall. Um I, I mean I love that game, so hopefully Fallen Order's brilliant for their sake and and for fans. Um but I mean the the but the the quicker Disney get this license back and then give it out to I don't know, just do what Marvel are doing, just whoring it about with everyone's probably the best way of doing it. Um Yeah, it's just it's just a bit of a shit show, isn't it, Carl? Yeah, no, I'd 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 echo what you said there. I mean it it just seems like okay, not every Star Wars game was perfect. There were some bad Star Wars games over the years. There was a lot of bad Star Wars games over the years, but there was plenty of great Star Wars games. I mean, I, I have, you know, I have a lot of Star Wars games kind of in, in my collection, you know, get games like, as you said, the Force Unleashed games. I have like Star Wars Episode 3. I have um, kind of the, the Knights of the Old Republic games. Um, you know, so many great Star Wars games of the oh, the, the the Rogue Squadron series. Like, why haven't we gotten a new Rogue Squadron game in like God knows how long? Never since the the, the GameCube 
era you know it's it's insane like there's so many great series in the star wars that have just been let die i mean i remember i was so exciting so excited for the um battlefront reboot like mm. you know my hype was so so high and then i played it and i was like this is okay and then i think i played it like one day and i've never played the game since i like dropped like 60 quid on the game mm. just played it one day because it was just it wasn't bad but it was just Man, the order, you know? yeah. That's it. Like it was just, um, I mean, that kind of sums up EA, really. You know, it's just ordinary. Like it's, it's just such a shame. I mean, I, I think you hit a nail on the head when you said they should do what Marvel do. Look at what Marvel do. Marvel either have people come and pitch games to them, and then they yay or nay them, or they pick a studio and say, "Hey, we think you'd be good to do this this kind of game." and and that is how they do it. That's the way to do it. That's the way to treat a like a top property with respect. That's where we're probably not going to get any bad Marvel games. You know, uh, obviously Spider Man was brilliant, and I'd say when if and when Avengers comes out, I'm sure it'll be a good game. <laughs> uh, so, like, I I have high hopes for Marvel projects, but star wars products i mean as you said i'm i like respawn i mean i like what the the people at that studio did in the past with call of duty games they made some of my favorite call of duty games and now obviously since then they've made titanfall i don't have too much experience with titanfall but i heard great things about titanfall 2 particularly its campaign and like i am hyped well, I'm reluctantly hyped for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order because, you know, the studio behind it, the, what I've heard about the story, the setting, it sounds like a great idea, but you can't just, then you remember who the publisher is and you just, you just, your hopes just drop. They just slip away. I mean, there was only rumors this week that BioWare have made approaches to EA to greenlight a third Knights of the Old Republic and EA have shot them down multiple times and that says it all that's probably the most beloved Star Wars series of all time and yet that's EA the one give it a chance yeah that's the one as soon as you heard EA got the Star Wars thing you're like alright Bioware's gonna make Knights of the Old Republic reboot aren't they that, that, that was 100% everyone's thinking and if EA exactly, doesn't agree yeah. to that it's fucking bullshit it's just, it's such a shame. Like, it's just, it, it feels wasted. But I, I do think Disney will have learned from this. I mean, there has been rumors in the past that Disney have been frustrated with EA over their handling of the license. So I really hope that they, they do work. Because, like, we're not going to get our Knights of the Old Republic from Bioware for now. But let's not forget, Obsidian made Knights of the Old Republic too. If, if Disney take back the license... Microsoft mm. could go to Disney and be like, look, we'll pay you this amount to give us the Knights of the Old Republic as an Xbox exclusive. That's that's what we could be looking at, you know, from Don't from tease Obsidian. me, Wilkinson. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. It's it's possible, but they need to get the license back first. And I really hope they, they get it back sooner rather than later because it's just EA, it's they're wasting it. They've 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 gone on this two games, so three. Sorry, I forgot that Knights of the Old Republic um MMO that like sort of no one really played. Um mm. but yeah, three games they've given us and not one of them has been a great game. Like not not one. And yeah. as I said, there was always bad Star Wars games, but there was always great Star Wars games to go along and felt at one point you're getting one or two great Star Wars games every year almost. So and now we've had this many years and we've had three meh games. 
So yeah. I just hope it, it changes sooner rather than later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I enjoyed Battlefront 1 and 2, like the new gen. But as you said, they are a bit ordinary in a, in a day and age where you've got Battlefield and COD every two years or every year. Titanfall probably the newest one that's made the biggest wave. And it was kind of fancy again for releasing it against COD and Battlefield. <laughs> that's what they did with Battlefield uh, with uh, Titanfall two. But I mean, it 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 for such a nostalgic franchise, it's so it. It should be so. I know, obviously, making a game is very difficult, but it should just it should be easy to make a decent game. Obviously, making a, a fucking game of the year contender is possibly difficult, and you'd have to make a Knights of the Old Republic and let Bioware do their thing. But there's so many things you can do in that universe. Look at the amount of games you made with, like, my, I'm going to use Halo with Bungie, there's a good segue <laughs> for later, um, but, uh, like, the Halo franchise, obviously the new ones are a bit shit, but they had Halo ODST, um, Reach, I mean, t- Star Wars is Halo times a million, the amount of shit you can do with that, uh, Jesus Christ, now I want a Bungie Star Wars game, God, fuck's <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, we have... We've aired our frustration with EA before. I mean, we had the loot box scandal bullshit probably in one of our earlier shows, didn't we? And that's what Battlefront 2 will be remembered for. Because it is actually an improved game of the first one, but the loot box and the system to levelling up on that especially was horrendous. But um, yeah, the, the EA really need to let people have that game, but let that licence go. Because although it'll make them money, it's just fucking making them even more the most hated fucking uh, company and publisher in games. But um, before we get on to the Bungie news, Carl, I mean, there's uh, another one on on one of our favourite topics in cross-platform play. <laughs> yes, yeah, so um, as we fully expected, and I think we, we predicted, like, well, I wouldn't even, prediction, that means like we're, we're that sounds as if I'm claiming credit yeah. for it. I think the whole world knew it was going to happen. It was inevitable. Um, Number two, Rocket League now features full cross-platform play between PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. This comes from Matt Wales over at Eurogamer. Psionics has announced that Rocket League's long-requested PlayStation cross-play beta support is now live, meaning that players on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC can finally indulge in a spot of four-wheeled footy together as one. This time last year, of course, such an occurrence would have seemed practically unthinkable. Sony remained doggedly resistant to calls from fans and developers for console crossplay on PS4, even as more and more games enabled play between Switch, Xbox One, and PC. Finally, though, last September, Sony relented, unveiling its PlayStation cross-platform beta, a program which initially at least would be limited to Epic's all-conquering Fortnite. Fans of Rocket League, which has featured cross-play support between Xbox One, PC, and Switch since launch on Nintendo's platform, were hopeful that PS4 players would soon join in the fun too, following Sony's announcement. At the time, Psyonix was enthusiastic about implementing the feature, but acknowledged that progress would depend on Sony. Now, just three months after the launch of the PlayStation cross-platform beta, Psyonix has announced that Rocket League players on Xbox One, PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC finally have the option to randomly matchmake 
with or against each other in all online match types, including casual, competitive, and extra modes. As explained in the developer's latest blog post, cross-platform play between systems is enabled by default. However, if you're unable to find players on other consoles, you should ensure that the cross-platform play box is ticked in the gameplay tab, and there, then away you go. Cyanix also reminds players that more cross-platform features are on the way. Cross-platform parties, for instance, enabling friends to team up and join a public match together regardless of their console of choice will, will arrive as part of Rocket League's first update of 2019. Until then, players can still join up with friends on other consoles, but only in private matches. And you can read the full story over on Eurogamer. Um, yeah, so as we said, inevitable. I mean, I think we, we said that... You know, we'd be shocked if Rocket League and what else did we say at the time? Rocket League and Fortnite, Minecraft, Minecraft would join Fortnite. Yeah, we knew they would be the three because they're kind of the three mega kind of games. You know, we I think we were a little bit more tepid on our predictions for other games at the time. Um, but we knew these three would probably make it, and I'd probably go now. I I think I I'd feel safe to say now. Um, wow, that's creepy. Literally, where there we mentioned Fortnite, and then they get a pop up from like the Epic game platform to say <laughs> I have two Epic friend requests that that require attention. So there You're you talking go. About Fortnite, <laughs> Fortnite even listens to you, you know. So watch out. Uh, but um, yeah, no, I, I'd I'd go as far to I'd say I'd expect PUBG to also be another one. I'd say that'd be cross-platform mm. play between Xbox One, PS4, and and PC for PUBG as well. Um, now whether it'll it'll kind of spread to more kind of AAA titles. Well, not not that they're not AAA titles, but let's mm. say kind of yeah, I get you. retail titles. Yeah. yeah, you're you're kind of even something like Overwatch. Mm. Would that was really going to be interesting that, to see. Yeah, I was going to say that'd probably be the next step. Overwatch. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. But yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 I mean, it it feels like the first or one of the first steps into the future of gaming in kind of, I mean, obviously we're never going to get exclusives on other consoles and stuff but in terms of crossplay i mean maybe the one day maybe not this gen of console i think we said that at the time maybe not this gen of console possibly halfway through the next gen of console but there'll be one of them days where you can probably play call of duty battlefield 
Overwatch, as we mentioned, or Overwatch 2 possibly by then, or, or whatever, um, with, with people on, on PlayStation and, X, and Xbox and, and computer and, and whatever the next Nintendo thing is. But yeah, it's... Um, I mean, it's, it's what people wanted, because obviously it just kind of makes it better for everyone, because, I mean, I'm sure you have... Well, just just take our WhatsApp group for for instance. I have I fortunately have access to all, all three of the main consoles, but I I play everything on my Xbox. Um, you, Neil, um, Stu, and um, Rory use a PlayStation dominant. I mean, you, I know you have access to them all as well, but you you mostly play on your PlayStation. So so if we all wanted to play it together, we we have to all piss about with consoles, wouldn't we? So the fact the more the quicker and better that crossplay comes into, um, as as you mentioned, trip retail AAA titles, the better. Because I think it'll just make everyone easier for ev- easier for everyone. And it's not. I don't think it's going to affect sales. If anything, I think what what affects people buying a, a console is normally what your friends are on. But you also have to prefer your controller, the games, um, the, the, just the. Um, the uh, interface, interface and stuff like that. It's just it kind of limit. It just limits what you choose. Because say if say if one of all your mates played the PlayStation, you really like the Xbox. It it kind of stops. I'm I'm thinking of like school kids and stuff like that. Especially it stops you kind of getting excluded from your friendship groups and stuff like that. And uh, I think that I think that's the next step of especially social gaming. So I think it's a really big step, although it not might not feel like it at the minute. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree completely. I mean, I, I had very little experience with cross-platform play for a long time because, you know, as I said, a lot of my mates would be PlayStation dominant and then before that they were Xbox dominant. We all were, but um, I mean, I think the first time I kind of noticed cross-platform in, in action, I thought it was really cool, was with my nephew and his, his brother. Um, I mean, they have all three consoles but they only have one kind of TV. In fact, they only had one TV in the house for reason. Now they have a second TV dedicated to gaming. But nonetheless, only one of them can go on and play Fortnite. But mm. they have a Switch. So, like, the other one will jump on the Switch and jump into the game. And the two of them can play together on Fortnite, which I think is great. Like, it's, it's a brilliant thing to have. And so, I mean, I'm sure they're not the only, like, young children in that position that that have just the one tv to play the console on mm. so having a switch and and being able to play together like it's it's brilliant you know that's uh, i i thought it was real real cool so i bought them a copy of rocket league for the switch at the time so that they could play that together as well and um, like i wanted to encourage it i thought it was a, it was a cool thing like so it, it's good that playstation have finally relented and are getting in there as well because I think the the more people who can play together, the better. I mean, it's Epic seem to want it that like everyone on everything can play together, like even mobile phones. Like I'm not not mm. sure how that will work long term, <laughs> but but nonetheless, it's it's still a cool idea that they're they're trying. Like so, uh, for me, this is like a welcome thing, and uh, you know, I'm hoping it won't be too long before more games are added. Um, I think it'd be pretty cool if if the likes of Overwatch and that adventure. I'm not, not, you know, I'm still on the fence on whether we'll ever see a Call of Duty or something like that cross-platform. But um, I think I think there's a chance for something like Overwatch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the fact that Overwatch is pretty neutral, whereas with Call of Duty, 
like Xbox and PlayStation try to have exclusive content with them, so I kind of agree there. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it, that's probably the lesser of the new stories. I mean, that's probably the baby steps of something that could become huge. But um, there was another important news story during our time away, Carl, and um, we both kind of forgot about it, because it felt like it was ages ago, and it was ages ago, but Bungie and Activision have split, and we obviously talked about EA being a bad publisher and and, and an annoying publisher, Activision similar-ish, probably not as high profile in terms of the bad, but um, yeah, how how important is this news, and give, give us the full scoop. Yes, so um, yeah, we definitely did nearly forget, but you know, forgive us with it being almost two. Well, actually, exactly two weeks ago. Yeah, so our third and final story comes as from Polygon, and it comes from Michael McWhorter. Um, and Michael writes. Bungie and publisher Activision are bringing their eight-year Destiny partnership to a close. The developer announced today that it will acquire publishing rights to the shooter franchise from Activision and will publish future games on its own. Quote, Today we're announcing plans for Bungie to assume full publishing rights and responsibilities for the Destiny franchise. End quote. Bungie and Activision said in a joint statement. Quote, going forward, Bungie will own and develop the franchise, and Activision will increase its focus on owned IP and other projects. Activision and Bungie are committed to a seamless transition for the Destiny franchise, and will continue to work closely together during the transition on behalf of the community of Destiny players around the world, end quote. Quote, we have enjoyed a successful eight-year run and would like to thank Activision for the partnership on Destiny, end quote, Bungie said in an update posted to its website. Quote, looking ahead, we're excited to announce plans for Activision to transfer publishing rights for Destiny to Bungie. With a remarkable Destiny community, we are ready to publish on our own, while Activision will increase their focus on owned IP projects. The planned transition process is already underway in its early stages, with Bungie and Activision both committed to making sure the handoff is as seamless as possible. Bungie said its plans to deliver on future Destiny 2 content as outlined in public roadmaps and hinted at future content for the game. Quote, with Forsaken, we've learned and listened and leaned into what we believe our players want from a great Destiny experience, end quote, Bungie said. Quote, rest assured, there is more of that on the way. We'll continue to deliver on the existing Destiny roadmap, and we're looking forward to releasing more seasonal experiences in the coming months, as well as surprising our community with some exciting announcements about what lies beyond. On Twitter, Blizzard said that the Windows PC version of Destiny 2 will still receive full support on Battle.net, and we do not anticipate any disruption to our services for your gameplay experience. And you can read the full story over on Polygon. Um, yeah, so, I mean, this news surprised me at the time, um, but it was surprising in a good way because, like, let's not forget a few months ago we had those quotes from Activision where they were calling Destiny 2's performance disappointing, you know, that the, despite the critical mm. reception of the expansion, you know, it didn't do so well commercially. And, you know, the, the fear there was that oh, Activision are going to put tighter controls on and Destiny 3 would just be like as vanilla as it comes and would probably charge it to log in every day. You know, the way things are going. <laughs> but 
it's gone the opposite way. Bungie have gotten away and now they have free control. And when you see, like I didn't jump back on in for Forsaken, but when you see what a hit that was with the fans that played it, I mean, it's 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 promising and it has me genuinely excited for Destiny 3 again. I didn't think I was going to play Destiny 3, but now I'm really excited because, you know, the people that you want to have control have control and that's how you want it to be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's such promising news. The fact I, I'm similar with you. I I didn't expect to go back on Destiny two. I kind of got dragged into it by my mates. Really enjoyed Forsaken, but you could kind of see the um, well, you could see it in in all the franchise. I mean, even on Destiny one, um, the Taken King was the absolute pinnacle of that game. I mean, it was released too early. Um, it was released very, very basic and vanilla at the time. I still really enjoyed it, but once it was done, it became a real slog. But they improved it immeasurably, um, especially with the Taken King. The other DLCs were good as well, but um, Taken King turned it into a different game. Destiny 2, I'm not sure what the thought process was originally, but um, they kind of fixed it with Forsaken. Uh, really enjoyed that. It's just... And similarly to you, I'm really looking forward to Destiny 3 now. Um, I want to see a, a full-on Bungie project, and if they publish it themselves, fair enough. If they, Just just don't go to fucking here, <laughs> for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> but, um, I mean, it, as, as you say, I mean, Destiny, as a game franchise, must be must be one of the biggest on this gen. I mean, outside of your your CODs and stuff, uh, CODs, Battlefields and whatever, FIFA, etc. I mean, Destiny must be one of the, the best and biggest new IP that came out on this gen. It's just, um, it's just really, it's really promising to see if they can self-publish or whatever, but um, I'm really looking forward to Destiny 3, but if Destiny 3 ends up bombing, that could be a big concern for Bungie, I suppose. Yeah, no, that that'd be the worry. I mean, if they do go completely self-publishing, and and uh, well, I'm sure they'll have to have some assistance, somewhat. Yeah. Um, but whatever way they go about doing it, like if it does bomb, then suddenly they're in trouble, and suddenly they're they're in a position where they're having to look for a buyer again. Now I'm yeah. sure they wouldn't be short of of offers and come fix you know, Halo, lads. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Microsoft and Sony and yeah, they'd fight. Over um. Them. Yay, and I mean, I'd like to see Bungie, if they were to go to another publisher and like sign on with another publisher, I think 2K is where I'd probably like to see them. Because you're looking like kind of the the leeway that 2K give to Rockstar. I know Rockstar, Rockstar, but Bungie are, they're they're probably on the next tier. So, you know, I, I wouldn't, it'd be nice to see something like that, like let them have some freedom. If worst case, they do have to go to another publisher. But, I mean, for now, I'm just excited to, to see what happens, and I, I wish Bungie all the best, and I'm, I'm hoping they, they kind of give me the game I always wanted with Destiny now, with the, the third one now, that they have the, the reins completely in their, their hands. Yeah, yeah, hopefully it's third time lucky. I mean, I mentioned I kind of want a Bungie <laughs> Star Wars game earlier, but, uh, I mean, as you mentioned, I grew up with, I grew up then with just doing Halo, Destiny, I played 
many fucking days and hours on that, on the first one especially, and a decent amount on the second one. So, even if it does bomb, I'm sure it won't. I'm sure it'll be a much better game. But, I mean, quality of game doesn't always mean it'll be a financial success, unfortunately, does it? Um, but yeah, as you said, Sony will fight over it. Microsoft probably do many, many things to get them back under the uh, Microsoft umbrella. Um, and, I mean, if Obsidian get creative freedom, I'm sure Bungie... I, I, I can't remember what how that how how poorly that broke down, but if if Microsoft made assurances to Bungie, they're not just going to whack them in the Halo and make them do Halo again. I'm sure Bungie probably appreciate that. But uh, as you said, I mean, everyone from you, I, I quite like the two K show actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, everyone would be fighting over them. So, for hopefully they they do decent by themselves, and if if they need another publisher, if it's two K, Ubisoft, whatever, just just not a year. But um, yeah, whenever Destiny three is, I'm probably in the next. Two, three years. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it now. Definitely, but, but um, not really new stories. But there's a little bit, little bits and pieces. I mean, Anthem's demo or uh, beta slash demo. There's one this weekend for um, EA Access and Origin um, people and people who've pre-ordered it. So I'll be playing that over the weekend, and then I think there's an open demo next weekend. Um. Uh, we are recording on the twenty fourth, just for a heads up. So yeah, check that out if you uh, if you want to keep an eye on that. Uh, I'll report back on that because I have pre-ordered Anthem. God damn it, uh, I fell into the EA trap again. But I'll report <laughs> back on that. Um, but uh, yeah, another another beta. Um, Division has a beta. I think it's a private one coming out on the seventh of February to the eleventh. So if you want to sign up for that, do so. Um, I think you can't if you've got that pre-ordered as well. You probably expect a code with that, um, but you can sign up for it. So do check out uh, their website if you want to give the division two a crack. Um, we've mentioned Anthem a few times, uh, Carl. I mean, will you be giving the demo a go over the next two weekends? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad there's a demo because it's it's the kind of game where I was I kind of seem to be fluctuating in terms of interest. Sometimes I'm like I'm really excited, other times I'm like, nah, it's probably the EA thing again. To be fair, yeah. So the idea of actually getting to sit down and play a demo, you know, is I, I think that'll be useful because then at least you have a, a proper experience of the game. And what I have been reading is people that have been in like kind of the the plo- closed betas and that kind of thing that their feedback is really getting taken on board there's there's changes that Bungie are ma- or not sorry Bungie from the last story Bioware are making to the game and um, reflecting those that feedback which is great to see you know that that what people are saying has been taken on board like it makes a massive difference so that's certainly a promising sign so I definitely want to jump into the demo and see kind of what's what and then make a decision on, on whether I'm going to pick it up on launch or not. I mean, you, you said you, you still have it pre-ordered. I mean, are you going to use the, the beta and the demo as kind of a, a chance to decide whether you're going to keep the pre-order or not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's getting full-on Fallout 76 treatment. <laughs> um, if it's shit, it's getting cancelled um, straight up. Um but no, I mean, I'm I'm more hopeful for this than I am on, than I am for Fallout seventy six because 
I think even, as I said earlier on in the show, I mean, by all, I, I even liked Andromeda, and that got shot on. Um, so, yeah, I'll, any Bioware game I'll get. Uh, but, yeah, I'll prob- this one I probably won't cancel, unless it's, like, the shittest game ever. But, um, yeah, hopefully the bait is good, because, as, as we've mentioned in a few podcasts, EA, well, not EA, Bioware need a win after Andromeda. Um, but, um Division uh, might be one we cover a bit more closer today, but I think that's a couple of weeks away. I mean, are you looking forward to the Division 2? Honestly, no. I mean, the the Division 1 was just such a massive disappointment for me. Like, I, I, I'm sure they'll improve this one, and I hope, like, for the people that were fans of Division and people in interest that it is better and that it, that it is a good game for them, but... For me, it's just that the first one was too much of a step down. I, I felt they just promised more than they could deliver. And then when it came out, it just inevitably was was a disappointment. Like, I played it for a few weeks. And I'm not saying I didn't have any fun with it. Sometimes it could be interesting going into the dark zone and that kind of thing. But ultimately, it just it just didn't do enough for me. Um, how about you? Um, Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be getting it because, well, my... I enjoyed the Division One. Um, it didn't. It kind of. It was one of them games that was pretty shit at launch, but it kind of rescued itself. Kind of similar to Destiny One, probably a bit of a worse state um, than Destiny One was, but um, it, it rarely rescued itself. So I'm I'm quite looking forward to. It. I think my mate who I game share with has already pre-ordered it, so I'm getting it, and I'll probably be playing the beta, and I can report back to you on that. Um, yeah, so that's kind of just the end of the news, um, Carl. Um, probably not newsy, but um, Days Gone's getting more footage, and we've mentioned it a couple times as kind of the forgotten Sony exclusive. I know Neil, um, friend of the show, but he was on a couple of the early episodes with me and, and the previous hosts. Um, but um, it looks a bit more promising than what we kind of had expectations for, but I, I kind of compared it to State of Decay, but a bit more hyped up. I mean, not hyped up, that probably gives it the wrong impression, but a bit more um, filled up, a bit more of a game rather than a, an arcade game, if you get what I mean. But, I mean, is it is the stuff you've seen, or have you seen, has it changed your opinion or expectations on it? I mean, for I always liked what I seen of Days Gone. I remember, like even back at E3, like I was full of was it? Was it E3? I think it was around. It was E3, E3 two years yeah, ago. I think two years ago. Yeah, yeah. So it would have been events since, and like oh, I really enjoyed what I seen, but it was just more so the reaction, you know, kind of the how little coverage it was getting from Sony. They weren't really pushing it. Obviously, they didn't even include it at this E3. And right, yeah, it wasn't one of the, the games that got pushed. And obviously, it got delayed. And, and there was... So, it was things on the back end that were making me concerned more than what I was seeing. Like, everything i seen seemed to be good. Um, So, you know, I, I have a bone to pick with Neil suddenly bandwagoning after all the abuse he <laughs> gave that game and saying it was doomed to fail and everything. And now, now he's just jumping on. You know, I, I liked Days Gone before it was cool to like Days Gone. But uh, yeah, like it, but there there was always a sign and, and you'd hear from journalists and that, that, that you know, that they kind of the opinion was low 
in terms of the previews and that that they were seeing behind closed doors. But it, they've certainly turned it around as time's gone on. And, and maybe it was delayed with good reason, maybe so they could polish the game. And if that's the case, and you know the, the footage now that people are really getting behind is the result of that, then it can only be seen as a, as a good thing. I mean, has your own opinion changed? Um, I think I mentioned when it, we initially talked about it, I'm sick of the zombie stuff. It, again, it kind of, it, it looks a bit, I know it's going to be better than State of Decay. I'm not that stupid. I know Sony don't do bad exclusives. But it just looks, not ordinary, but it looks like stuff I've seen before. Like it's taken bits of State of Decay. The motorbike stuff's probably the most interesting stuff, but it's that's just kind of one limitation. I mean, we haven't really seen much of the combat, which hopefully is a bit better than um, the little bits and bobs I've seen. I'm always sceptical of Sony shit. I have an Xbox bias. We all know this. But um, it's not really one I've looked and went, ooh, um, Horizon Zero Dawn, I got that. God of War, I got that. Um... Ghost of um, Shishima, I got that. Spider-Man, etc. And this one, you can I'm just looking at it and just going... Eh, I'll probably get it on sale for 15 quid. And that's pro. I mean, obviously I'll wait for the reviews and stuff and see it, but it just... Zombie games just, uh, just don't really do it for me anymore. And um, it just doesn't... It just looks... It looks like State of Decay Cross with Far Cry. <laughs> that's probably how I'll go say it but um yeah just it's it's not doing anything for me at the minute yeah that's fair enough i mean i can i can understand zombie fatigue because you know even now which is i thought it would end at some point but even now we're we're getting a lot of zombies and i think actually that we're, we're about to talk about another zombie game but um yeah it's it's you know it, it is I, I can certainly understand that and it's probably why, despite the fact um, I've heard it's like brilliant and a lot of people talk about one of the best games of the, the generation, but I never got on to Dying Light because simply because mm. I was just sort of like zombies. Yeah. You know, like even mm. though it's supposed to be an excellent game or some of like the best parkour mechanics ever in a video game, but I, I just can't get over the fact it's zombies. And that's that's just how it is. Like so, I can I can really under understand that. And you know, it's funny you say like days gone. We're like, oh, cool, you got a motorbike. But how long's the novelty of that gonna last? So, I can I can certainly understand your position. And and for that reason, I'm I wouldn't think days gonna be something that I'd want to pick up day day one and you know kind of pay fifty quid for. But you know, maybe when it it drops off a little bit, I be something I'd like to just jump in and, and give it a go and, and it's see got if Black it's... Friday all over it that game hasn't it <laughs> yeah and it's it's the right kind of time it's coming out as well to, to have a significant drop by, by Black Friday yeah. so did it get, did it get a release through. date I didn't know yeah it got put back to double check now but I, it was originally supposed to release February on that mm. day when like every game is <laughs> releasing yeah um, though they, they've kind of broken that up a bit. Uh, 26th of April. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah, so it's, it's still a while away, yeah. three months. So. On it. That'll be on its own then. 
That's just got yeah, co- that's just got to compete man. with uh, the Avengers <laughs> coming out in the cinema. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, I mean, yeah, you kind of you kind of mentioned the next thing we're going to talk about um, back when zombies were cool and fresh and not oversaturated to fuck. Um, but Resident Evil Two, I think it came out today actually. Um, the remaster. Um, we mentioned this in our E3 review, didn't we? If I remember correctly, and we did. Yeah. You got you got more excited about it than me because I Res Evil. It was something I kind of grew up with, but I think Nemesis was my first one, if I remember correctly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm assuming you're going to pick this up, if not straight away, but we'll do eventually. I know Sam Evans in in our group and obviously AI contributor he's 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 already buzzing off it but the reviews have been very promising and companies seem to be getting all these remasters especially of good games originally they seem to be getting them right don't they they really do um i mean i as as you said i was excited for this one i really liked what was shown off at E3 and like for me Resident Evil 2 like it's it's not it's 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 a strange one as I explained at the time. It's not my own personal nostalgia for playing the game because I didn't really play it, but I remember watching my older cousins play it and being terrified. And then now I've got like now that I'm no longer terrified by horror games, <laughs> obviously now so um twenty years on, um I have this intrigue to play it because I, I've never the only Resident Evil game I actually ever completed was by the time they'd become action games. So yeah. it'd be nice to to kind of play through one of the the actual survival horror Resident Evil games and and complete one for the first time. And Resident Evil Two has always kind of seemed the right one to do it with. Um, so I'm I'm really excited to 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 pick this up. I I didn't pick it up yet because I've just been really busy and haven't had much time. So it just doesn't make sense to to go out and and pay full whack for the game at the moment. Mm-hmm. But when I have a, a bit more free time, I, I probably will pick it up and. Um, I'm excited to to see how good it is, and and the the review scores, as you said, like I, I expected it to do well, like maybe eighty or something, but it's in the nineties. Like it's looks to be quite the the critical hit. Um, like people are already calling it an early contender for game of the year. I'm sure now by December it'll be forgotten about somewhat. <laughs> That's always the curse of the January games, as Capcom know all too well with Monster Hunter last year and Resident Evil Seven the year before, but. Nonetheless, uh, for now, like pe- people are doing a lot of talking about it, and you know, yeah, you have to hand it. Like, you know, we we for the ra- the ragging on EA earlier and then a little bit on Activision. I mean, Capcom are developed a pr- publisher that like totally turned it around. They were a lot of bad chicken thrown mm. their way for kind of half-ass games and things like that. Now it's just just hit after hit after hit i mean that's not their only and and like a lot of it is focusing on either reboots or remakes of their old games but like who cares if you're doing it well like that's 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 the way it is i mean they only earlier this month they released ominusia warlords basically a remaster of the first ominusia game and I haven't actually let me have a look there at the quickly at the reception for that one. Um yeah, okay, it's not 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 brilliant, but solid. You know, it's not a it's, it's never not a bad it, game. A game that not everyone's gonna have heard of is not gonna have done well as one of the best horror the well, the best horror franchise ever, is it? Let's be fair. Yeah. 
Yeah, very true. Like that's a, it's a, it's another game I want to check out. Though is on minutia. Like have fun fun memories of playing it back in the day. But um, none of, like Capcom, they know what's working for them now, and they're they're sticking with that. And and why not? Like that's 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 what you got to do to succeed. Like if if people yeah. want to play Resident Evil remakes and you know Mega Man collections, cool. Give the people what they want. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, one more release soon. I think it come. I think on Wikipedia it said it comes out in Japan tomorrow and worldwide a few days later. But I'm not sure if that's actually accurate. Um, it says worldwide on the 29th, so it's coming out. It's, it's coming out before our next pod, probably, uh, probably. But um, Kingdom Hearts Free. I mean, I know we don't have the most experience. In the in the uh, in this franchise, but um, it's a big game, probably the biggest of the month, I'd, I'd assume. Yeah, most most definitely. I mean, this this is a series that that, as we know, it has its it has its fan base and a very vocal fan base at that. You know, it's it's a it's a weird one in that most people who know me, if they didn't know what kind of series I follow games, they'd probably assume I follow Kingdom Hearts because, you know, I'm I'm big Disney fan and I'm a big fan of like anime and stuff so it seems like a match made in heaven but for whatever reason I, I own all the kingdom hearts games but i've just barely played them because i just can't i, I don't know what it is it, it just feels it's it's not quite disney enough it's not quite final fantasy enough and i'd probably rather play a final fantasy or just watch a disney movie than play the games but i can appreciate the games i, I think the the art in them is brilliant and the idea is 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 cool like kind of getting all these different disney characters to to join your party and getting to to, to play around with them and it it's it's a really cool concept and, and one i can appreciate and i hope for the people that have waited this long for the game that it's good because I can relate to them having had that experience with Final Fantasy 15. Mm. You know, I waited so long for that and it came out and it was good. So I got what I wanted. So I hope the Kingdom Hearts fans get, get what they want. Um, because they, you know, I think people deserve for their, you know, d- deserve is maybe a, a strong word, you know, cause that, that then will only encourage entitlement from, from fans. But, but yeah, like I, I think, you know, we support these these series and these franchises for a long time and and of course you you hope that they do right by the fans and and release a a good game so i'm i'm hopeful for them now that it's finally coming out i mean i I seen an interesting comment from you earlier in the group where you you referred to (laughs) the kingdom Hearts as hentai stuff i don't know what you see donald duck donald duck and and goofy doing guy you know (laughs) Maybe you've seen some saucy videos that I haven't seen. That's between me and Incognito mode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But no, no. Um, One does not dabble in such dirty things, Carl. I'm too innocent. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, it it, it might be one I pick up when eventually it'll be on sale, but um, I've had zero experience with that franchise, so I'd be be wrong to say anything about it, really. But... um, yeah, big, big for its fans, big for Simon, uh, hefty horse in our, in our little group. Um, uh, I think that's pretty much all we had, Carl. Um, so pretty much as we do with every pod. Um, what have you been playing recently? 
two things really well obviously the switch we we touched on earlier been playing uh smash bros and a little bit of mario kart smash bros mainly though and i'm I'm really enjoying uh smash bros both both kind of messing around playing against the computer trying to unlock characters which is kind of a chore i mean i wish i wish you could just i'd even probably pay a tenner or something just to unlock them all so i didn't have to (laughs) keep fighting them but uh nonetheless i suppose it's a good way to practice um, and then and then playing with my mates has, has been good. Like one of my mates seems to have kind of jumped in like a fish into water. He's kind of gotten a good bit better than us a lot quicker. So you're trying to play catch up, but I, I feel I'm slowly starting to to give him some trouble. Really got to work on those recoveries. I'm really liking playing as um, ice climbers. I think, think they're it's pretty solid choice, you know. Plus that really good recovery move where as long as you have the female ice climber is still alive. You can like toss her in the air and then she tosses you down the, the cable and you jump really ridiculously high. It's a nice, nice recovery mode. I mean, who do you, who do you tend to play when you're playing smash? Oh, I'm a dirty casual. I'm Kirby. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I've, I've actually got used to snake as well. Um, from metal gear. He's I probably my second. Them yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's quite good. He's quite good. He doesn't. Have, he hasn't. Well, he uses his um, parachute um, thing as kind of like a recovery. It's not that good, but um, yeah, he's quite good. He's quite good, especially it'd probably be bad in like a six-player one. But again, in in the uh, soul game mode thing, it's he's actually quite good. Well, hopefully, when I finally. <laughs> unlock them which could take years um, I'll, I'll give him a go and, and, and give you some feedback on him but no I like I like playing as um, as I said as ice climbers are pretty mm. good and uh, I haven't found them myself I think, like. <laughs> I think Marth is a pretty kind of solid noob mm. character I mean that's when my friend has figured out like kind of these things that can, can spike you off the screen when you're on like 50% or something. It's so risky to stand near him for too long because gets one good hit on you and you're gone. Um, and, but it's, it's, it's just such a, a fun game. Like it, you don't even have to be good at it to enjoy it. Like it's just, it's, it can be casual. It can be competitive. And I think that's, that's the beauty of it. So I've been playing a bit of smash. And then the other thing is whenever I have my PlayStation on, I've been playing, Kind of an older game, um, a PlayStation 2 classic, Ark Twilight of the Spirits. It's a game I've a lot, it was one of my favorite RPGs back on the PS2, but I never completed it because I remember the first time I played through it, I kind of rushed it, got to the end, and got absolutely dicked by the last boss because there was a massive, massive difficulty curve. <laughs> and then I started the game again, slowly grinded through got to the last boss again and i was so overpowered i was i would have just dicked him but then i had to go away at the time i was going over to my dad's in england and i brought my memory card in the game with me with the intention of finishing the game in england and for whatever reason i didn't pack my memory card i think it was because i i forgot about it and i grabbed it last minute and threw it in my pocket and i lost my memory card uh presumably fucking, in the airport that's fucking devastating devastating it was Oh well, so many hours of games just gone. At least these days they're tied to the consoles. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I lost it, and then that was the end. I just couldn't start again. So now I'm finally starting again, trying to 
to get it. and once again I'm just slowly grinding so it's kind of just a game I play I just kind of watch YouTube videos or listen to podcasts and then just just play that and just don't even have to really pay attention because I'm just grinding and um, so that that's kind of been they, they've been the two games for me lately well what about yourself a little birdie tells me you you've undertaken a massive game to, to finally get it done what what is that game the witcher free I've not started again. I had a I had a save that I was uh, progressing well with probably October, November time. I, my aim was to just do the DLC because I haven't done that you done that yet. But I got the fucking shit ending when I did it originally. I won't spoil it, but there's three main endings. I got the shit one. I've done I redid that um Got the good ending. Um, we need to do a Witcher pod. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just... Uh, oh God, I got the good ending, and now I'm on Heart of Stone, Heart of Stone um, which is the lesser of the two DLCs, I believe. But I've got, to, I've got to get through that, and then I can hit the other one, which name has just escaped me. Blood and Wine. Blood and Wine, that's the one. Uh, so I can start that. But I didn't get round to doing the DLCs originally, so I thought I'd write these wrongs, get the good ending, get the DLC, and get the ending for Geralt that he fucking deserves. Nice. No, I, 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 I can appreciate that. Blood and Wine might as well be its own game. It's so long. <laughs> it's, it's like it's, it's like a forty-hour game. It's that's crazy. what I. That's just the news I needed there, Carl. <laughs> it, it's just I gotta tell it like it is. But um, no, it's it's an excellent game. And as you say, like it's you put it, you you would feel guilty giving Geralt a bad ending because he's one of the best video game characters of all time. Even though, well, technically he's a novel character but mm. we'll forget about the books for now yeah, but fuck the, um fuck the books who reads <laughs> yeah that's it but no it's 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 a fantastic game and i i just uh, i'd be well up for doing a, a podcast on that because as much as it's been nearly 12 months now since i finished it i i well about nine months i'd say i, I still remember it so well because it's the kind of game that just burns itself into your mind because it's just it's just so good like it's it's one of those games that I think along with things like The Last of Us and Bioshock that, you know, people are probably going to be talking about in years and years to come. Like, it's it's just going to be one of those games you have to have played. It's just brilliant. Best game of the generation. Spoiler for the actual Witcher podcast. We'll do one day, but it's, the, it's, it's uncontended for me. Fuck the other games. Fuck RDR. Fuck God of War. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's just a special game. I mean, it, it, I know it's four years old now. Three or four years old now. But I mean, if you've not played that game, people, please do. Y- you'll thank us later. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that's pretty much it. I've been playing um, since the new year. I've played a bit of Call, Call of Duty Blackout. Um, I've actually got a mate waiting to play that with me right now, <laughs> but he can continue to wait. Um, and strangely enough, I've gone back on Rainbow Six Siege as well, Carl. I'm not, it's it's probably not seen in the similar light as Overwatch, but it's it's one of them games that's 
just it's survived the test of time. It's just a, a really good game. But yeah, that's what I've been playing in in 2019 so far. But I mean, The Witcher's got my uh, my full attention for now. But we'll we'll finish up there, Carl. And um, now I have uh, extra reason to finish The Witcher um, DLCs because then we get to talk about them. Uh, but yeah, I mean. <sighs> I've enjoyed this pod. Uh, Hopefully you all have as well who's been listening. But thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.